Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Truck and Driver podcast. My name's Douglas Rankin. And I'm his rather more masculine sidekick, Christine Madison. Greetings from the home valley. It's actually a nice day outside. Mm. Um, what is it? Is this day? It's week three of lockdown for me working from home and being in the house. I must say, I'm a person who's used to working to deadlines and I'm slowly turning myself nocturnal. I just procrastinated for about three hours this morning before I actually got up and then I went and ran a bath. <laughs> sat in the bath for a bit and I was like, hmm, let's go and do a podcast. Mm. That's what we need to go and do. It is actually nice outside, which does make things a little bit better, I must say. I keep having these unrealistic ideas that, you know, on days off, I will actually try and do what normal people do and have a lie in, so I do. And then I feel the bed dip and I open an eye and there's a child uh, looking at me. Morning, Daddy. Yeah. Like, which part of I'm asleep are you struggling with, evil, evil offspring? Oh, leave me alone. I never sleep in, never. Even on days off, I usually wake up at half five, but at the minute, I, uh, I drag my sorry carcass out of bed about 25 seconds before you messaged me this morning, which must have been, what, 12-ish? Uh, aye, I mean, what, you've been, you've, you have been out working, though. You did Monday to Thursday last week. Yeah, yeah, usual, usual duties apply. Out in the twilight. No, you have to. Still going. Aye, they've um, massively reduced our fleet, subby-wise, but I think, to be fair to them, they've tried to do it fairly, so those that had ten on have now got two on, and you know those of us that have got one on have still got one on. So That's good. I noticed you were in Kingspan at Sherborne, a place I was very familiar with. I used to go in there all the time with, yeah. with Gilmore's. All right, place I quite chilled out in there. I quite I used to quite like going down there because it was a good, it was a more interesting trunk because you would go down across the sixty six and then down and cut across York, so it would be a more in, interesting drive than it would be just sitting on the M six all night. So aye, we yeah, uh, I quite miss it. We mm. drag a lot into York, paper wise. We drag a lot into Scarborough, same. So then straight in there for a trailer swap. Five minutes of rubbing sanitizer on each other, and then because um, they've gone sanitizer crazy in there, but and it's not a bad load. And then the way I go back to uh, Immingham from there is back towards Scarborough to Lights at Staxton, and then we go up Staxton Bank. Which, if you've never been up it, you don't want to be going up it at 44 Tunnel unless you've got some serious GGs under bonnet. But you know, when you've got Staxton Bank, aye. RAF Staxton All right, Wall. but you wrote it in a message. All right, I thought you meant Sutton Bank and you're autocorrected. Changed it, and no, I was thinking no. to myself, why is he going? Why is he going up Sutton Bank from there? That doesn't no. make any sense. And no. then I for and then I forgot about it. But that is why then Staxton Bank. Oh, she's a climb. She's a fair climb. She's got anti-slip tarmac all on bends on way up. And then when you get onto the top, you're right on top of Yorkshire Walls down towards Foxholes and down towards Driffield. It's great. It's a great road. <laughs> It's just, it's a better road when you've got three ton of fluff on back from uh, Kingspan oh, rather than 27 ton of potatoes out of Stockdale's at Scarborough. Mm. Yeah, Kingspan's great stuff to move. Aye. You know, that's why that little, like, the gas I Veco I had was a 400, but it was an, it was an 8.7 litre gas engine mm. and it was just perfect for the Kingspan. Easy, uh, easy on a lorry, you're talking, I'm sure they were getting, they an R, no, sorry, an S500 Scania in there and I think it was doing like 12 mile with a gallon at times on Kingspan. Mm. Some of our loads out there for Germany, and there seems to be a lot going to Luxembourg. I don't know what's occurring in Luxembourg. They must be building a lot of insulated buildings. But some of the loads we pick up, you get there, you go down to trailer park to find your trailer, you find it, and there's one piece on. You think, oh god, it's. Yeah. You think, bugger me, and we have to. I want to have to live load this. So you drag it back up to where checkers are. You know, load checkers. Yeah. You say, is the rest of this to load? No, chap. That's that's you. I'm like, you're having a laugh. This is going to Luxembourg and there's like a 20-foot piece down the middle. I think... Oh, no, ha- there would be. There would be some nights that we'd send down a three-and-a-half-ton yeah. Iveco down yeah. to, And I had a... For a short... There were a few odd loads going out of there that couldn't justify an Arctic for a live load. So they had a, a yeah. DAF LF on a 51 plate. So it was yeah. a seven-and-a-half-tonner, but it was pre-speed limiter. It could chip on if you needed it to, but the only thing was, I mean, it would do 70 miles an hour if you wanted it to, but the fuel economy was beyond belief if you were going to go and do that. Um, It was geared to sit, it would sit at 60 all night, so you would blaze past everybody if you wanted to. But that was fun, there can't have been too many of them knocking about, that was like, you used to get a lot back in the day, seven and a half tunnels and outside lane in the motorway doing 70. That's not that long ago. (laughs) Uh, I would choose this load out of there, you know, the biggest weight on the trailer was the straps aye 
but you know it, it must pay they must need this stuff where they need it when they need it otherwise they'd not send it so long may it continue because um, most of our work as you know i'm right up to the tatties we're all up to 44 ton as, as near mm. as damn it or, and it's it's lovely to look down at, at road relay and see that you're averaging 12 and a half Ah, mm, excellent name. I've heard could almost, fo- I could almost fool myself occasionally that we're making money at that. <laughs> oh, it's um, it's been a funny, so it's been a, a strange week. I mean, it's been pulling at my heartstrings because I should be on a romantic weekend up at Loch Ness at the moment, and I am not. This is this was like doing this. This is what it's starting to cut into plans that I had made. Yeah. Like, oh. Yeah, it's, it's, it is bad. I mean, you know, we can't sort of demean. Uh, the shitstorm that's raging in various parts of the country, I know, but selfishly, it is hard at this time of year when sun's out and you should be doing things that make winter worthwhile. I mean, you know, we go off tragic caravana type manoeuvres every Easter. It's what we do. Since the kids have been born, we go to Borough Bridge of all places, you know, that romantic Venice replacement. Bridge, that's um, beside Ripon. That's Reed Bordles on A1, not Big Coltstow. Is that what that is? Aye, we come off there and we go down back at Coltstone into a village called Rowcliffe and we just camp down there by River Ewer and we fish and we potter about and we barbecue and we'd like trundle up to Fountains Abbey and do all that sort of crap and it's always nice weather, always. Every Easter for the last 11 years. Not this year. I drove past... Well, the weather's nice. Aye. <laughs> just not this year. I drove past the caravan last night and looked at it and thought, oh well, I suppose it's one less dickhead on the road, isn't it? <laughs> Mm. But the, right, ki- uh, the kids are taking it pretty well, all, all things considered, because the weather's good and they're out with the dogs. And the, you know we're lucky where we are. We're, you know we've got a lot of countryside, so we can get out and about. I really mm. feel for these poor buggers that live in tower blocks and the like. I mean, three kids in a block of flats at the minute, you'd be wanting to jump off after three weeks. I think. Wouldn't you? It is. That's intensely sort of difficult, <sighs> and obviously it's like. A- they're still like I'm on I'm on a couple of like the neighbourhood pages and you've got the couple twitchers you know saying I all the like watching for people uh, mm. who they deem to be non-essential going about and doing things and they're always complaining. There's loads of people walking about and I'm like yeah these are just people yeah. from their village though that don't have anything else to do you know yeah. it's just the problem is that this is why you need to stay near your home instead of like driving out to somewhere oh. and it is difficult because um, Peter Davies the truck photographer and contributor to many, many magazines. Um, he was really frustrated because his favourite pastime is driving to a lay-by, getting the camera out, photographing mm. all the trucks going past, and the letter of the law says he cannot do that now. Where, whereby, like, his next-door neighbour can go out and jog or yeah. cycle for yeah, yeah. 40 miles and go and cough <coughs> all over it. Wheeze yeah. all over everybody, so it's not fair, but it's then it's the thing with cars and moving places that yeah, places will just get so bloody busy, uh, and it's going to go on for it's going to go on for quite for quite a while. Um, I have booked, I've actually once this podcast's finished, I have um, ordered myself some essential paint for the Cavalier because it was nice weather last Sunday, and I went out and polished it and cleaned it and thought it was a bit rough, and I was like, you know something. Over the last few days, I felt pretty crap, so it was just demotivated. And I thought, you know what, it would be nice to just sit in the driveway and sand sand the rusty bits down on it and tidy it all up. I, I'm deeming that paint is essential yeah. to my mental health and well-being. Definitely. I'm fortunate that I can go and do that. My dad was texting me telling me I need to cut my back grass as well. <laughs> so I might have to go and get my lawn. My lawnmower lives in my parents' garage because I don't have space for it. I could go and do that. That'll be a treat. Probably buy a goat on eBay and tether it out there, then you've got another animal to talk to. So cat, you know, cat's conversation don't get too staid and boring for you. Yeah, well, the cats. Were, I mean, like I've got two cats, and one of them was um, one of them's quite, the one that I've had since he was a kitten can be quite sort of like clingy. He doesn't like it when I go away for a week at a time down in London or out driving lorries or whatever. So he gets quite annoyed with me when I come back. But he's kind of real. It's kind of clicked with him now that I'm just here all the time now. Yeah. So now I, I'm just a vending machine for dreamies. He just gets up, shouts at me yeah. when he wants something. And of course, there's there's a thing with cats can get coronavirus. And I'm like, oh bloody hell! And it's like you might if you're self isolating if with symptoms and you need to keep your cats in. And it's like, oh, well, I'm hoping that I'm not going to get anything because I'm isolating so much. But if I've got to keep my cats in, I'm going to have to get some cat Valium or something because they will just they're, yeah. they're like farm bred cats. They just want to go out all the time. And they will drive me insane. We have a cat because I was told we must have a cat, and that's the only reason. Because as far as I'm concerned, cats are oxygen thieves. <laughs> if that thing comes near me, 
I just look at it and suggest it buggers off, but it uh, it does generally know. You know, they say cats go to those that they don't, uh, they sense that you don't like them, so cats do it on purpose, but that one is not as stupid as he looks, he just stays away from me. I can't stand it. I think it was like the last cat in the basket, and he says, yeah, have this one. It will scratch to go out, so I'll get up and I'll, I'll willingly kick its ass out, and then it'll come mm-hmm. round the building and come to the back window and rip all the uh, mastic out of the back, double glazing to get back in. So she'll get up, she'll go let it in, it'll come in, then it'll scratch at the front door, and it's like it's doing circuits, it's like it's doing its bloody daily exercise. Oh, I thought, I've got, I've got a couple of fairly weak terriers, I thought that'll sort this cat out. You know, as soon as these terriers land the cat will be gone but no the cat beats the crap out of the terriers so <laughs> unless we have an unfortunate accident with a lawnmower careful now we don't want to be by the way you, you've got no idea dear listeners the stuff that gets edited out this podcast which is <laughs> unsuitable unsuitable for broadcast by chris madison and he told me at the beginning he told me and i quote loosely the podcast would be great because we can say everything in that that i can't put in print which translates into, I'm going to take everything out that you say that I can't put in print as soon as I've finished. If we had broadcast what you said last week, there would be pickets outside your house right now. Well, you know, all companies welcome at my age. Mm. <laughs> I've actually written an agenda this week. I've got an agenda. Well, you know, normally... Because he's, holding, he's holding up a piece of paper... Let me see what that says. That says Domestos, bread, beer. Gimp mask. Yeah. No, yeah. It, it, I've actually got something, some stuff to talk about, and it's none of it. None of it. And there are what? One, two, three, there are at least ten bullet points there, and none of it is controversial at all. Hit me, hit me with your bullet points. I'm going to have a cake. Right, um, well, which my, my mother left at the door, which um, I ignored. What kind of which cake? Which find out little wee fairy cakes. Look at them, homemade. Mm. Man uh, that lives alone with cats them. eats fairy cakes in self-isolation, shocker. My dear mother dropped those cakes off at the door, as you will find out in the Marty Moon section of this podcast, and I ignored her. You, uh, I, didn't know, I didn't know it was her at the time. It could have been Jehovah's Witnesses for all I knew. You need to get to Denmark, and soon. However you do that, you need to get there. Fairy cakes, cats. Oh, my well, God. Well, talking about me, me, me visiting Denmark for strictly um, uh, business and work reasons. Yeah. Got, well, the ball doesn't shut in Denmark until May the 10th. And then they're going to assess it again. And You need a fridge yes. load out there or something, don't you? Well, well, well I was discussing that with... Um, Bob Beach, who works for Broughton's, who apparently moves loads to Denmark, so it may yet come to that. And I was also thinking I could go and borrow an MAN van and go and put some stuff in it. I don't know, Bob, just give me a cold box with a few fish boxes of fish fingers in it, and I'll go and take that. That's freight. <laughs> Emergency fenders. Yeah, let's get going. <clears throat> exactly right. Bullet points, go. Bullet points. What we, what? Assen. I'm still focused on Assen because at the minute, Assen is still good to go. There. When is Assen? End of July. Right, not, okay. Last weekend, is, is it like the 31st and then the 1st and 2nd of August sort of thing? 25th-ish, usually, around that weekend. Ah, uh, yeah, 20, uh, the 25th and 26th. I'm just looking at my trucking driver 2020 year plan. They're still on. Um, they issue driver cards, as they call them, for the lads that are Dutch to get their place to park around the track, you know, right, right round on the grass. They've just postponed that to the end of April to issue those. That's the latest update from Aston. So I am focused on Aston. I am remaining positive. Until Aston gets canned, then I'll probably stay in with a cat and fairy cakes. I don't know. Um, so that's kept me positive this week. Lifestyle choice. Aye. The insurance fiasco of the mad woman who drove under my wheel arch at Sheffield all those weeks ago when life was still normal that's been settled and gone away now my insurance has dropped back 1200 quid to where mm. it was before so that's all nicely gone away and done and dusted so that's good news mm. the cakes are fabulous yeah just get mm. another one in so that's good so we've got two positive news stories here mm. Aston's still on uh, the mad woman thing's been resolved the third good Perspective mm. bit of good news, anyway. I'm on the Leeds City Council mailing list, and they emailed at the start of the week saying, we have asked central government if we can postpone the adoption of our ultra-low emission con zone until at least January 2021, which to me means we want 12 months. Leave us alone. We haven't got enough resources for this. So Leeds, ultra-low emission zone. Nobody has. No, it's, it, it's cobblers. 
Plus, when you couple that with the air quality results that have Mm. been prevalent in the last three weeks, take the bloody airplanes out out the picture and all the Muppets driving around in their bloody Vauxhalls and things. That's that's where all the smoke, filth and nasties come from, not from us, with our ridiculously clean Euro 6 trucks already, apart from me, obviously. But I've got chimneys. Well, the thing is as well, because I'm talking, they're going to have to bring in a... A support package for the industry because, like, people in government, hmm. people out with transport, just don't have a clue about the enormous amount of turnover and the cost of the equipment versus the wafer thin profit margins. Yeah. So, once you stop the turnover for even a short time, then it can mount up yeah. massively. And you have got a lot of guys sitting on Euro 6 trucks that they did not really want yeah. yet. So, you know, they need to support them. And you can't expect somebody with specialist Euro 5 equipment on a 14 plate to now have to go and change it for a Euro 6 no. with the way things are. Um, Khan, Sadiq Khan was saying TFL were going to move the direct vision standard back to February mm. 2021, I think, and the, the, the RHA and things were, the FTA were pushing for it to go back further, yeah. which I'll have to, you can't be, there's going to be very, very little money and they need to do everything to stimulate the economy yes. as much as possible. As much as possible during that time. So, well, I think those Eulis, the silver lining for silver Foden's and amongst all this is the Eulis well, zones might get shoved back a bit. Well, I've got a man. It's not like a man that I keep in a cage. It's Have not, you now? It's, oh. it's not that kind of deal, no. And this man, he's a bit of a turbo enthusiast. In fact, his whole life is turbos. His whole set turbos come in diesel technology man. And he's called John Tawley. And he's the most excited podcast listener that we have he loves it as soon as it comes out he's like get in what a good do he loves it anyway he's uh, <laughs> he's currently working from home because um, some of his family are asthma um, asthma sufferers and him and his wife both work for Cummings and John is putting a bit of side time when he's not doing productive real work into investigating with the engine plant at Darlington how much and if possible and what applications they could find make fit alter fiddle with to make me able to refit or well, to retrofit some up-to-date engine technology into mine and now i know i'm realistic enough to know it's going to cost me a bloody fortune but when you've been married as long as we have me and this old silver thing if i'm going to go and spend 30 grand on something that i don't want mm. and i can spend 30 grand on something that i do want and drive around in the only euro six Ford and known to mankind then would i do it and the well, answer is yes it is i would I do think... it I think there's a possibility for that because I remember who was complaining about it? Somebody that was running Foden's and they'd got Euro 5 DAFs in uh, and they had like the the RPL certificate, reduced pollution certificate, the RPC. Mm. They had the RPC for the Foden with the Cummins in it and the emissions results that were getting back between the Euro 3 Foden and the Euro 5 DAF MX engine was the Foden was beating it. It was just as good. Obviously you would have absolutely zero chance of ever doing that with a caterpillar engine so it's just as well you've got a Cummins <laughs> yeah it's like ferry bridge on christmas day you know anyway so that's interesting i don't know whether anything will come of that but john will give it his best shot because i think i think that's you can go from euro five to euro six it is possible to do it because there'd been people have yeah. come out eminox has come out with a retrofit for some but it's very expensive but with that mm. cummins engine that engine can be made up to higher standards of euro anyway if you look at the cummins website yeah and do some looking in about and seeing other stuff you do. So you might be in my chance. But you never be, know. Let's it, hope so. You, nothing ventured, nothing yeah, gained. Probably it a lot of people listen to this and be sat with their head in their hands when they listen to this on Wednesday going, oh, for God's sake, man, just get a new truck and shush. But you don't understand, you know, the um, burden of having this one because every time I suggest buying another truck, I get torrents of abuse on social media. And I get private messages from people I've never met before saying, you can't sell that wagon. And all that aside, when I come home at night, I get the cold shoulder from three out of the four children. The dog looks at me. And I have to be honest, I would like to keep her until my wheels stop turning in a you know, a spiritual way and I end up in a box. Aye. I mean, the thing about the Alpha is as well, because it's still the cab's still used by Daft, so it does hide... The, the age of it very, very well. Well, private plate on it, Joe Public wouldn't know if that lorry was 15 years old or if it was five years old. No, and, and that has happened. I mean, when we came back from Athen, year before last, uh, the, the very, very hot year when we were just really had enough by Sunday, I um, rang Victor Tracy and I managed to book on the Stenner out of Hook 
back home Sunday night, so we escaped and went for that boat. And we pulled up Bobtail on a Sunday night sailing from uh, Hook. There's no other Aston traffic on there because generally you can't get out in time to get. Anyway, we pulled up a check-in window and this guy came out and he was a bit sus about these two lads in this shiny silver thing. And he says, import, new. And I says, no, she's uh, 16 years old. And then... Um, it's like no, but in Dutch, like no, you're kidding me. Oh, you are kidding. Says no, no, it's uh, it's 2003. This, and it's like oh, really good. I think he thought it was a new daff we just picked up from the factory or something. So if I can swing it, and um, my dear wife allows me to swing it, I'll uh, I'll invest heavily to keep it, rightly or wrongly. And I know we don't have a flat floor, and I know we can't have a small disco in there because it's uh, it's what it is. But it's mine, and I'd rather keep it. However. If it comes to the point where I really have to get rid of it, um, she'll have to go to her next daddy because we'll need the money out of that for a deposit, quite mm. honestly. And I don't have a shed to sit her in. And she's not sitting in corner of the yard. What's the next up? What else is on your list of bullet points? Um, Aircon. I've been without aircon for a month, and I know people don't really care, but... Um, Oh, I do. Aircon's very important. If it's on a vehicle, it should, it Indeed. should work. Indeed. I run with aircon all year. I'm one of those that'll wear a jacket and have the aircon on. I like to be cold. Aircon works as um, a dehumidifier, though. If you're running your aircon all the time, it'll de-steam your, de-mist your windows better than normal. And it's better for the vehicle if you run it regularly. Yeah. It's not good if you don't switch it on for eight months of the year. Because no. the gas in the oil doesn't circulate around the system, and then your O-rings go dry, and then it leaks. Oof. the gas leaks out, so you're better Ooh, off running it more often. Imagine. There's a tip for you there. Imagine having a brittle O-ring. Mm. Um, yeah, mm. anyway, it just ceased to be cold about a month ago, and I... Um, I was thinking it was probably the heater control dial on the dashboard that wasn't blanking off the warm water supply. So that's where I've been with that one. Anyway, I got back yesterday afternoon, done and dusted, loaded for Tuesday. And here, presto, the lads on the tractor side had got a valve tractor in for its air cone gassing up. So I just said, oh, hello, sidle, sidle. You're looking well. <laughs> anyway, um, a chap called Tom Brooks then very kindly stayed back at the end of the day and plugged me in and said... You've got a hundred and twenty-five grams in there. I thought, oh, have I? Yeah. Brilliant. No, no, that's good. If it's got gas in it, that means it's no leaking. Mm. You can just regas it. It needed eight fifty in, and it had one hundred and twenty-five in. Oh. So I, I said, oh, it must be leaking. And he says, no, over time, he says it diminishes. Yeah, anyway, it, it does. He pulled it all out. You know, printed his little print out, and then uh, mm. gassed it back up and balanced it. Says, just give that a go before I go home. So I did. It's like being in a cold store again, so I can get my duffel coat back on on Tuesday and uh, I'll be in full padding. No, that's good. Because uh... at Assen, but, for the last two years, the air conditioning kept us sane because Yorkshire men mm. don't respond well to warm. Like, you'll be frightened of warm, I suppose. Eh? Oh, no, not, I'm, I, no, I love the heat. Yeah. I absolutely Ooh. love it. I can't stand the cold eye. It makes me 30 degree you. heat, that'll do me. Makes me really touchy. Bloody hell. At Assen, there's a video on YouTube that we took when we were wandering around filming like wide-eyed schoolboys in uh, in Anne Summers, and it was at two thirty, two thirty at morning on Sunday morning. It was still thirty-six degrees, and we were sitting in the cab, obviously beacons on, lights on, all that nonsense, engine running, aircon blowing. It was fantastic. It was the mm. only bit of peace we got all weekend. It was bloody awful. Yeah, I'm glad, I'm glad my Foden's got aircon in it as well, which mm. is, is relatively rare. Peter Gammies has got it as well. It's in the next issue of the magazine. Mm. And has, has one, somebody removed the condenser out of it, and it's like, oh, well, why? But as a tip, if you're getting your aircon done in your vehicle and it's got no gas in it, then there's no point in putting gas in it because it's leaked out. If it has like 100 grams, 125 grams, then you can regas it. Yeah. But the only way that you can identify the leak if it's not got gas in it is to charge it with nitrogen which um, you need an aircon specialist yeah. to do that I know all this because I used to do vehicle aircon with my mate Brian who runs a company called Freeze Breeze who does a lot of aircon stuff up in Scotland yeah. there you go alright I've got a chap you down may continue here. I've got a I've got a chap down here, a very good friend and confidant of mine called Blair Roebuck Mr Roebuck of Vale of York Palettes he acquired a couple of years ago from a garden centre down in Herefordshire one of the really last 2006 Reg Foden's with a little Packard lump in, you know, the 18-tonner spec with the tail lift on for his yes. business. 
and he um, he loves it. He absolutely loves it, and it he had no idea. He didn't think it'd have aircon on it, and, and then when he got it, hair presto, cold legs. He um, his pump's given up. His compressor's died, so he um, asked me to price him a pump up. He, he was getting some ridiculous prices, so I priced him one up about six months ago, and it it was under three hundred quid. And at, at the time in winter, he said, "Ah, I'll do it later." So anyway. That, Yesterday's ring round again for him, and it's now the cheapest I can find him anywhere. It's five thirty, and it's genuine through Daff, uh, which is a shame. But my um, my mate Brian could probably find him one. Um, he's he's yeah. got a couple of different good good parts suppliers on it. Aye, when we're off this, we'll go and um, aye. Uh, look into that because he was going to get um, Peter a, a condenser for his as well. Excellent. So there's a bit of well, there's be a plug there. That'd be great. That's freeze breeze. <laughs> yeah. HSA Tech, our local factors branches all over Yorkshire. They um, really good. Is this the next on the bullet point list? Really good. No, it's the same bit. There's really good prices on these compressors, but it's mm. one of those situations where you know you can get Lamborghini for fourteen quid, but we haven't got any in stock. Mm. One of those jobs. Um, I think their compressors were two hundred and eighty quid, but the uh, company that makes them for them I haven't got any, so uh, it might as well be six million. Anyway. Um, that's a bit of positive that's come out of getting dressed this morning. At least Mr. Roebuck's probably going to get sorted out with his aircon. That's nice. Now, Wait. that is the last bullet point of good things. I've got. Oh, I've got. Well, we just end the podcast here. No, no. I've got. I've got. <laughs> I've just got one thing to say, and it seems to be that I'm a shareholder in Ulsby Truck Stop, but I can assure you I'm not, and I was their biggest critic. But yeah, all the grief that I've given them over the years when it was bad, and it was bad, and they won't mind me saying, I'm sure, because it's not anymore. Anyway. Somebody is going on a local Facebook wittering page, like the Grimsby Witterer or something similar, and blatantly lying about this truck stop. And the council, therefore, are harassing the manager of said truck stop daily. He's he's making out that the staff aren't allowed time off when they feel poorly, and the dining room still being used breaking the rules on social distancing mm. and the toilets are disgusting and 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 now it seems that this chap is an ex-driver for the company that actually own Ulsby Truck Stop which all of you will know that have been is Rick's Petroleum so I'm not going to name any names here, so it's not our place to do that but this woman is pulling out all the stops for you know for the truck community mm. yes you've said that the last you couple know, of weeks yeah which is a really good thing it's brilliant and the amount of bullshit that is being thrown out via this chap on this uh, facebook page and then the council are duty bound to come out and go aha we've come to oh oh actually your dining room shut off isn't it uh right your filthy toilets that are brand new well i tell you i'd be very interested to hear if the council are going out and investigating these things yeah. because to as far as i know none of these bloody companies mm -hmm. that have stopped drivers using toilets and things i've not heard of anybody being investigated no. or fined or anything like that so i mean i'd like the hse things to take action yeah. it has been quieter this week on that front but we're still getting like reports of places which are still not yeah. not doing things and we did have another couple of successes this week i've been trying to focus on if I send somebody an email, I send them a lot of details, and I find if I take quite a friendly tone with it, saying, oh, you may not be aware of this, and it tends to work better yeah. than going storming in and naming and shaming and stuff, so mm. that's still going to grind on for a long time. I wrote a thing yesterday for the Truck and Driver website and put it online with some tips for drivers, because it's not going to get easier over the next few weeks, because we've had, we've had messages like, my husband's barely been able to have a cup of tea all week, and I'm like, Buy a kettle, you know. It's, yeah. And a guy flipping it, it's ah, when it, what's the services at Peterborough? Because they're charging £35 a night for parking with nothing open. Mm -hmm. um, I've had a few people going in there saying, I've been charged £35 to park there. And I'm like, why are you even there? there there's like Colsterworth and Stibbington Diner, and there's other ones all around there. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't think a lot of people know about independent truck stops. And they're struggling the same as yeah. everybody else yeah, is. Yeah because of the quiet and the volumes are low. So I've went and put directed people to some of the Facebook groups and the internet's been getting a bit... A lot of the truck groups on Facebook this week have just been arguments from what I can yeah. see. It's just people like people like kicking off about about things one way or the other. And I'm like, yeah. this is supposed to be all yeah. pulling together. So, hmm. You have to really look after yourself, you know. I'd love it if the you know the Costa Ferry woke me up in the morning when I'm asleep somewhere and brought me a coffee for free and told me I'm awesome. But it's not going to happen. 
you know, if you can't get anything to drink, as you say, take a bloody kettle with you. If you can't, you know, if you don't got 24 volt, take a gas stove with you. If your gaffer won't let you take a gas stove in the truck, take one of those emergency. Just take it. Just take it anyway and don't yeah, tell anyone. Take a bloody flask. <laughs> you know, you, you've got to take some responsibility for your own for your own uh, welfare. I mean, I loved. I I love. I mean, I just lived by my kettle and my twenty four volt oven. Anytime I'm going anywhere, mm. I take them with me, and I go and chuck a load of simple things in there. And obviously, it's good sometimes to get in somewhere and you can get some proper food that's been fresh made mm. for you. But if you're stuck and you're like, oh, I'm soaking wet and cold, and I would like something hot, that those things are an absolute. Uh, godsend yeah but so many people just a lot of people are messaging us i'm like do you not uh, it might seem really really obvious what i wrote in that article and be like well why wouldn't you know that but a lot of people don't it's all about getting information and knowledge out there and mm-hmm. trying to trying to help people really that's a, the main sort of yeah. thing yeah. but to be helped you've got to help yourself sometimes you can't just sit there saying i i'm entitled to yeah. x y and z mm-hmm. yeah we are it'd be lovely in an ideal world it would be brilliant but you know, we're doing this job because we want to do this job. Nobody really is forcing us to do this. If we don't want to do it, you know, we'd go off and do something else after this. As soon as this is all done and society gets back to normal, there's nothing to stop you being a park keeper, a dry stone waller, or indeed, a, a, you know, a porn star if you're as beautiful as me and yeah. you. But you want to be a truck driver, you want all the glory in the summer going to the shows and swaggering about in your checky shirt and your dealer boots. Well, when the shit hits the fan, Take a stove and just make do. That's it, Aye, really. Just make do. It's all about being. It's all about really being prepared at the moment, Aye. like with everything. You know, even down to the more grotty sort of aspects of it. You know, when I was out tramping, I had like my basin with my water and my sponge, so I could have a bloody mm. sponge bath in the truck. Because some nights you'd be away three nights yeah. and you wouldn't get anywhere. Yeah. And then, so it's a matter of boiling water in the kettle and washing up, and that's like the really unglamorous side of lorry driving that yeah. nobody tells you about until you start experiencing. Mm experiencing it and you know it's like well you've just got to, um, that could happen anywhere sort of in any sort of country you've just got to get on with it young respect young these days they don't know the born mm-hmm. than ours mm. oh, i remember sleeping across yeah. dashboard in an army great coat and doing a jacket potato up manifold and a 180 gardener uh, just mm. you know it's going to be a fraction of your working life this nightmare and this nightmare will pass and we'll look back on it and memories will fade and you'll look back and if you've just gotten on with it and you've been the big lad you'll feel a lot better than complaining that we're not getting mentioned in dispatches every morning on the thank you nhs thank you this thank you that on the radio it doesn't matter just do what you do feed your kids pay your mortgage get on with it because we'll never be heroes really because when all this is blown over Joe Public's got a short memory, haven't they? And we'll just be back to being those annoying bastards on roundabouts with big nasty wagons. Just <laughs> enjoy the peace at the minute if you're still working. Enjoy not being cut up at three or four different times between junction 31 and 30 mm. on M1. Just enjoy what you can enjoy. If you're at home and you're getting 80%, enjoy that as well. Paint that bloody shed. Do whatever you can. Oh, I tell you what, see, just to finish off, kind of final point, what I noticed in the last two days was Northamptonshire police were apparently looking through people's shopping bags to see if there were non-essential items in there, and Cambridge police had said they were in a Tesco and they were glad to see that the non-essential aisles were empty, and it's like, I thought I think the first tweet got deleted, and they were saying, they didn't, the guy who said, said they didn't really say that, but I screenshotted the other tweet because I was that amazed at what they said. Because how can you define what is essential to somebody and what isn't? What if you're like severely depressed and ang- anxious with all of this and you think, you know what, I'm going to get up and I'm going to paint that spare room. Yeah, exactly. Or I'm going to go and, I'm going to go and buy this board game that's going to take my mind off things. You cannot define can you like, what's essential to somebody and to what isn't. And if you're already in the supermarket, yeah, then precisely. why can't you go and buy these things anyway? It makes a difference if you're like driving to... It does make a difference if you're driving to like the DIY store four times a day yeah. to go and buy things. Or going from here up to you know to Jura to get a nice bottle of malt. Yeah, that's, that's a different thing entirely. Mm. Where's that screenshot? I've got terrible. I've got loads of screenshots of terrible products from Wish. Not often because you know <laughs> it comes up in your timeline on Facebook, <laughs> yeah, and you're thinking, 
you're thinking, is, is that a piece of industrial equipment or is it a sex toy? Aye. And you, you just don't... Often the same uh, thing. Oh, it's fascinating. Like, I've got pictures of terrible shoes. <laughs> yeah, things which I don't know. The thing was, it, I, it gets to... Wish thinks that you like these things, so it starts posting more things up. You'll not uh, remember, will you? Whereas, I, you know, being a boy of 40 or whatever you are, but um, Sunday papers, in back at Sunday papers, you used to get pencil drawing adverts from a company called Sanders and K. And they used to Would it be like the most comfortable trousers yeah. you will ever wear? Yeah, that exactly. Yeah. It'd be a picture of a bloke in some slacks, you know, drawn in pencil. Really good drawings. I don't know who did those drawings, but they were obviously not being taxed mm. to use their full, you know, their full potential. But you could get some uh, weekend slacks. Mm. Do you know? I think you still get those adverts. See if you bought like the Sunday Post in Scotland. I don't know if they're still on the go, but you would get that, or you would get the magazine. There would be a supplement in one of the Sunday papers, and it in the Mail on Sunday or something, and it would have things like that. It would be the most comfortable shoes you'll ever wear, and they'd be like they'd have Velcro yeah. straps on the them. Windermere. So they'd be easy the to Windermere get weekend off, shoe with Velcro fastening and comfort sole. <laughs> I've got this tweet oh, which I brought up now. Just funny. Cambridge Police officers visited Tesco Barhill this morning as part of their patrols around supermarkets and green spaces this weekend. Good to see everybody was abiding by social distancing measures and the non-essential aisles were empty. Just how? What do you define to be non-essential? You know, if you're sad and you want to go and buy a pot plant to look at to make you happy during this difficult mm-hmm. time in the house. Because it must be a terribly difficult time for some people because I'm feeling it like I feel I'm un- I feel unmotivated and I feel, you know, kind of procrastinating on things. I'm not in the best, well, who is, but, you know, I'm generally all right. So if you're people who are already got a few mental health issues, this is going to, like, turbocharge everything for them and make it really difficult. Yeah. So if they want to go and buy some bloody garden stuff or they want to go and buy paint or whatever, they should be allowed to go and do so without fear of having the police rummaging through their bags or telling them that they cannot. Yeah. So they are... Marty Moan, we're delighted to welcome you back to the Trucking Driver podcast. When we left it a couple of months ago, the world was a sweeter, more innocent place. But you timed it perfectly, and you got off on your tour to Australia and New Zealand. So how did it go, and just how close to the wire was that? Oh yeah, it was close. Well, Dougie, Chris, thanks for having me back on the show. But uh, you're right, it was a very close call. It was a very, very close call now. So it went very well, the tour went very well and all, but we, we landed back home, I think, the day before the whole country shut down and I think three or four days later the, the, you couldn't really get out of the country of Australia or New Zealand so we were very lucky so the tour went very well yeah it was all sold out shows it was brilliant you know How did you find it? Well a lot of people were familiar with the material you know were they singing it back to you? Yes it's, it's actually very surprising when you go to shows sometimes there when you're famous for songs you hit the day for you slip the clutch that you think that's all but I have another right few songs and the band that was playing me out in Australia, New Zealand, they were shocked. They couldn't get over actually like songs like Recover and Better Than a Dream and all these other kinds of songs. They, they, they know them all. The Australian shows, it sort of, there was, a, there was a right few people that I would have knew I did as well. And I seen those people from a thousand kilometers, the bottom of Melbourne, the whole way up to Sydney come up. A thousand kilometers, Australian people had no connections to back home at all, you know. So, even they were singing every word of every song, you know, so it's, it's, it's kind of amazing when you go out that far and people travel a thousand miles to see you, you know, <laughs> and knowing every word of every song, you know, so it's, it's, it's very, very cool. How did you structure the tour? Were you racking up quite a lot of miles on, on the road with the band? It, it wasn't proper road. It, there, was a lot of, uh, there was a lot of flights involved, but there was a bit of road tripping more so in, in New Zealand, more than Australia. Australia, we, uh, we were gigging in Sydney and then we had a few meetings and that up in Brisbane but that was you know you sort of come into your hotel because Sydney's so big you come into the hotel into into there into the say, train station straight to the airport it, out there the airplanes are just like taxis you know it's kind of <laughs> whereas in, where I come from here you can you know not, unless you're leaving the country you don't get a plane anywhere you know <laughs> so uh, it's kind of cool but out, out in there in New Zealand now the North Island's completely different in the south very hilly very you know, very different. So we'd done a big road trip there, sort of down to Hampton where we were doing a gig. And uh, it was pretty cool now. A lot, of, a lot of different types of trucks along the road, a lot of different type of agriculture. But it's all mountainry and hilly. Uh, New Zealand's actually a very, a very strange country. It's, it's not, it's very mountainy. And, and you know, it's, it's actually pretty crazy landscape out there. So the views along the road is very good, you know. 
so it was pretty cool. I I've seen um, we had a couple of features in the magazine from New Zealand um, where they're running these big Volvo um, double trailer setups and everything, and it does look it does look amazing about that. It's so green compared to Australia. You know, Australia just looks so dry in a lot of places and like desert. Yeah, um, well, I suppose it's only the outskirts of Australia, so. In the middle of Australia, like it's it's Melbourne. You have Melbourne, Sydney, then Perth on the side, and all these kind of you know. But in the centre of Australia, it seems to be pretty wild territory, you know. So that's the big road trains really seem to work. In New Zealand, it's kind of it's a lot more like you know, I suppose the UK and Ireland. It is a lot of hilly ground, a lot of a lot of kind of steep roads now. But I noticed out there, I never really got in Australia uh, or in New Zealand, say for example, to pay road tax by the by the axle. So. Uh, if you see there, they've all they've a lot of eight wheelers pulling drags. Mm-hmm. So, but sometimes you'll see that the the drag trailer be lifted up into the back of the other trailer once once to unload. Which I often find like, why did you do that? Why why go to the hassle lab? But I notice you pay by axle. So if you're doing a lot of kilometres back home by with an empty trailer, you pay by the axle on the road. So this is why they lift the actual back trailer into the front trailer to save money on ta- on road tax to to keep the axles as much off the road as possible. I did not know that. There we go. Learned something there. It's been an educational trip because I know in New Zealand's kind of unique with Australia as well because they've got like Asian trucks, they've got American trucks, and they've got European stuff as well. So you've got Kenworths, you've got Japanese things like your Hinos and Toyotas, and you've also got. I mean, they also like their Fodens out there as well. Did you see any Fodens? Oh, I did. Yeah, yeah, Good. yeah. There is, there is actually, <laughs> there is the, the mix of machines out there is absolutely unbelievable. It is, it is like that, and the old. The old American style bullnoses, they reckon if you keep them right, they'll go on forever, you know. <laughs> so uh, they just keep them going. <laughs> We've got Paul O'Callaghan, that's over, well, he's in quarantine at the moment in a hotel in Australia, but he was in New Zealand as well, and he, he goes out driving the big road trains across Australia. And the old Kenworths and things are really, really basic, and people are like, oh, well, why, did, why are they like that? And it's because they're basic, that's why they like them, because you can drive them for like 500 miles on unsurfaced roads and they won't shake themselves to bits what were the um did you have any inspiration out there if you got in you think you might be you might think i might go and i might go and get something out of that material wise definitely the one thing i always notice about doing a doing a trip or a tour you always come up with ideas especially when you're traveling a lot or or, or seeing different cultures and different way people do things uh so there's a there's a few plans i've, I've got a lot of footage out from out there uh so Sometimes what I do now is I write songs around the footage, I guess. So if there's a certain certain bit of good footage, you could start a song about that piece of footage. I've noticed now lately, writing a song, you can write a song anywhere, anytime, but getting footage is a problem. <laughs> so sometimes uh, it's easier to it's easier to sort of, you know, write the song around the footage. So if you've already the footage there, try to write a song around it that the video comes together pretty quick, you know. So I did have a lot of, have a lot of ideas now after it. I definitely do. Oh, I, well, nobody can fault you for the effort that goes into the videos. I was just um, watching Truck and Roll again there, and it's um, as, as you watch it again, there's things that you miss out at, you know, because there's so many clips on it. If you repeat viewings and things, you pick up different bits and pieces out of it. Like, you know, I recognise that bit of road. I know where he's going there. And, yeah. And all that sort of stuff. I mean, it, when we spoke before, Truck and Roll was just about to be released. Um, I think it was coming out that following week. How's the reaction to that been? Was it getting? A, were you giving it a good run out live on the tour? Oh yeah, it, the reaction was unbelievable. So, uh, what actually happened before the gig in Sydney? We got a message from a lad saying, uh, "It's kind of a funny story." We got a message from a lad saying, uh, "Can we meet you with a truck and a twin cam car?" So there's a scanny truck and a twin cam car, and I goes, "Yeah, no problem. We'll, we'll we're on a tight schedule of practice days to do and all that, but we'll try to do something." So. Jules was with me, so she came up with this idea that in the practice, in a big and massive at Dustin Street, there's a practice place, and uh, we were in there with the band, but she says, plenty of room, we'll get the truck and car in here. But what happened was, uh, I think there was seven or ten trucks landed. <laughs> so the owners of the building didn't know what was going on, so they were all truck and roll mad, they were loving it, you know. So it was a lot of people from Ireland, the UK, you know, that was working out there. So, so a couple of the lads when I was there, I was like, I think I know these lads. So what happened was, when I done, when I done slipped the clutch, I went to London to shoot the video with the London Eye, getting a selfie with the London Eye with the truck, uh, with a truck out there. And they, there was a mechanic, so it was a good crack out in London. But what happened was, it was actually some of the same lads. So they seemed to just travel around and they walk in different parts of the world. So it was the same mechanics and a couple of the same truck drivers. There was actually in London, the time we shot Slip the Clutch. No and, it, 
And then when we went out there, we were shooting some of the video for, uh, you know, so, you know, for different stuff. And it was actually some of the same lads. It was kind of one of the surreal moments. So at the gigs, they were in Stone Mad, Truck and Roll, yeah, singing every word. You know, it's unbelievable the internet how fast the song, you think, you know, a couple of you know days or a week after a song goes out, they wouldn't really know the words, but it seems to be the people learn the words pretty much instant. As soon as the song goes out, they, they sort of memorize it pretty quick. <laughs> so it was very, very good. Oh, that's amazing. I mean, I, I suppose like this this year, it would have been massive for going around all the shows and events. That would have been the thing, having that as the um, the flagship tune. But um, unfortunately, the way things are, it looks like, well, all the truck shows are cancelled right through until they've got things penciled in for like August and September and things. That's right, yes, yes, yes. What's, what's your situation at the moment then, now that you're back? Are you just chilling out, kind of? No, I'm actually flat. I'm in the studio. So because of my own studio, I never have a day where there's nothing to do. I, I'm trying to write as many songs as possible and sort of, you know, get ready for, for when the thing does start again. That sort of It's good to have songs sitting on the shelf. Now, the only thing is that the, the truck, unfortunately, the plan with the truck this year was meant to be busy. Everything's going to nearly happen in August now. If it does. I've got concerns about... Um, we've got Convoy in the park on the 22nd to 23rd of August and then Truck Fest Scotland comes up uh, sorry, Truckfest in um, Peterborough has been moved to the week after that, and I think they'll both be absolutely massive events. But the concern is, that, you know, hopefully things will be lifted enough and improved enough for them to go ahead. We'll just have to go and see, I suppose, and wait and find out what find out what happens. But the well, the first events that start to go are going to be absolutely massive. You're going to have parties and things on a scale which has never been seen. Yeah, well, I suppose a few people have said to us, I suppose. Uh... The, the t- two things could happen as opposed to a pint. Number one, when the thing's lifted, uh, everybody just goes stone mad. Or people could be still a wee bit money-wise. Money-wise, not that great. And a wee bit afraid that the virus hasn't completely read up. Or it could just be all loose. Everybody just out, you know, the first week goes stone mad, you know. So it's it's a bit hard to know. But I suppose you have to keep going on. I suppose you have to book in a few things and try them. I suppose you can't really, you know, <laughs> you have to keep moving, yeah. Absolutely. Um, I th- I think, well, I'm hoping that it eases off for that later part of the year. Everybody, things have to get back to a sort of level. I wonder if there'll be like, there'll probably be a split between people who are like, right, I want to go out partying and people who will be like, no, I want to go and like dis- socially distance and things. And they'll probably like, you might go to a show where there's like people who want to go to a show, but they're like parked away in the corner with the trucks spaced out. I mean, that can actually happen. And the other problem is uh, a lot of shows, August can be good enough, but I remember the first year, I went out, I think, with uh, Thomas Bullnose with us. We went out to a uh, truck fest in uh, Peterborough, and uh, it was 31 degrees. It was nearly born red. It was born red raw. And this year, we went out. The weather was like, it was nearly in the minus. It was freezing, you know. Oh, and uh, yeah. I was actually, I was actually staying in the trailer for Lurie, and uh, I got a big shock. So what's happening now is some of the, I think, even say, some of the shows has actually moved to October that would normally be on in May, and uh, some of the truck shows and here and there and. That can be a problem. People can be a bit more, if it's bad weather, it can really make people sort of go, Jesus, you know, this is normally a summer thing, you know? So it's hard to know if the, it is. You, you, the, the weather can really, the weather is really everything there, I suppose. So, uh, well, that's good. You've got your studio at the house so you can go and um, work away just as normal with, with stuff. Because what's the plans? Is there, is there another album? Is there another album in the pipeline then to follow up with Truck and Roll? There definitely is. I don't know when I'm going to release it. In the modern day of releasing singles digitally, uh, it's kind of the album thing. Is it's 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 kind of beneficial and it's not. But it, you always have to release an album. But in the modern day, there's so much digital in the mm. music now that it's it's nearly like. Uh, so what I'll do is I'll release another right few singles. So I think I'm going to have to do another hit the diff, a uh, uh, sort of an anniversary re-recorded big kind of a rocky kind of a version and maybe a new video to it and I'm going to put it out and then I have another kind of a I have another kind of a driving song road it's not it is it's about the road life on the road so you can sort of take up trucks or whatever you want but it's about life on the road so I have another one of them wrote and uh, uh, I have a lot of different kinds of tunes so I, I'd really love to have an album sort of sitting enough songs to put an album out and then I can decide how fast to put it out because ah, in years gone by, it would have been you would make a CD and then you would sell the CD at all the gigs and everything. But now there's so much digital with like streaming and downloading and everything that it's, it's kind of changed that now. I mean, I still like to have a CD, like a physical product, but it's not, a lot of people aren't bothered about that anymore. 
Not really. Well, some people come up to us and they say, oh, I like your CD, but the only problem is I've no CD player. And <laughs> so, so most cars and trucks now are, are USB or, mm. or Bluetooth. Or, so the CD world is becoming a bit of a, it is, it is dropping. But mm. now I do know people who, who listen to me songs digitally, but they will buy a CD just to sign it and have it. They, that is still a big thing. And that's why CDs will never really go away, uh, which no. is a great thing. So you know, it's good, you know, it's good to have that physical product, you know. You know what you could do? You could get a CD case and put a USB stick in it. Yeah, um, well, it's, it's, it's actually something that's happening at the minute. The only problem is the USB is series there. <laughs> for some reason, it's very hard to make it uh, for a single now. For an album or maybe two albums, it's worthwhile. Mm-hmm. So if just say I had say me other two albums I have, it'd be a, it's actually a great thing. To, that's the thing I'm looking into. It's it's worth your money if you're getting two albums on it. But mm-hmm. for a single or for maybe you know an EP or, or a, a short album, it's hard enough. So yeah, we're we're in talks at the minute. The world's changing that fast. It's like <laughs> we can't keep up with it. <laughs> it is. You might end up doing you might end up doing concerts over video link. Yeah, it seems to be the whole new thing. So uh, it's 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 hard to set it up. But if you had the right room set up to do it, it's definitely mm. it's definitely a thing in the future. I definitely do think it is. All right. Well, thanks very much for coming on the show again, Marty. It's been t- fantastic to hear from you. Really, really hope that we're going to be able to catch up in person later in the year at a show or an event or what have you. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, we'll hopefully. Uh, and this could, they reckon that when it starts opening up again, the correct, it could happen. You know, things could be back to normal maybe quick enough, but very hard to tell. So hopefully, hopefully the weather stays good in August and we, we get to meet up at some of the shows. So that'll be good. Definitely. And look forward to hearing some of this new music that's uh, being concocted at the moment i'm gonna go and post up uh... yeah i'm looking forward to getting it out so yeah hopefully hope you like it so we'll have to keep the 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 agriculture and the truck inside of things going anyway definitely will hey, it's keep that se- going it's all essential stuff you know eh? yeah that's what's, well it's proven now it's essential it's the only thing that's keeping the, the country uh, going so the the essential soundtrack for the essential workers that's it exactly so uh thanks thanks for having me on the show again and yeah, uh, right. thanks yeah, again yeah, I, yeah, yeah, I shall catch up with you soon bye-bye see bye-bye. you soon bye-bye thanks for listening to the truck and driver podcast please subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode To keep up to date with the latest news, 100% for drivers, visit truckanddriver.co.uk, where you can also subscribe to the print edition of Truck & Driver magazine, which publishes on the last Friday of every month. The Truck & Driver podcast is produced by Sound Rebel. To find out more, please visit soundrebel.co.uk.